This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Necessary Roughness with 11-year NFL veteran, Big Ten Offensive Lineman of the Year, and captain of the National Championship Michigan Wolverines, John Jansen. And 10-year NFL veteran, two-time Pro Bowl offensive tackle, and Super Bowl champion with the Green Bay Packers, T.J. Lang. Now, here's John Jansen and T.J. Lang. Well, TJ, obviously you were at the home opener against Seattle. You were there last night, uh, Monday night football against the Raiders. What were the two, if you could compare the two environments, what was it like last night uh, for Monday night football? Um, Last night, probably more anticipation, I think. Um, You know, people, I think, are finally getting used to this being a good football team. Um, And it's not really that nervous energy anymore where you just keep waiting for something bad to go wrong, Uh, you know, or or the SOL talk that people still like to bring up. There were Um, some of those opportunities. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's a game in the past that you turn the ball over three times. You you know, it seemed like they tried to give the game away seven or eight times last night and you still come out with a double digit victory. Yeah. Um, that's a sign, obviously a good team, but no, the, the atmosphere being in the stadium, being around town kind of early, got there about four o'clock and walked around and um, man, just a lot of excitement, uh, great vibes, positive vibes. Uh, and I think, like I said, I think people are starting to get used to this feeling, um, you know, and I've even been guilty a little bit this year of, oh, you know, here, yep, it's here, about to go wrong again. Yep, about to make it up. Yep, here we go. This is because you're just so in tune with, with the past and being hurt so many times. But I think that, you know, I'm fully bought in on this team, man. And and the fans were incredible. Again, I know you you said the TV did a, a nice job of kind of portraying the city and portraying the stadium and the fan base. And um, it's been a while, man. It's been so long since – these fans have had something like this around town just with any sports team. Um, And, you know, I know the lions count on their fans. They rely on them. You know, they, they rely on them to show up uh, home games, away games, support them and, and make a difference for them. And last night was certainly the case. And uh, like you said, kind of a weird game, you know, a little bit sloppy offensively. Um, Certainly a lot of things to clean up, but uh, that's the beauty of the bye week. You get a chance to really dive into the self scout and figure out what your strengths are and what you got to improve on. And I thought the most uh, impressive thing last night was 
the Lions kind of finding their identity again, mm -hmm. right? Um, offensively, we obviously know that's running the football, and you're able to put up over 220 yards on an NFL team. I don't care who they are, where they're at in the stat book. That's a hell of a night. With three uh, guys with in. three different guys. In, yeah. in the middle. Three different offensive linemen that Colby Sore still was a tackle, you know, at a D1 double A school. Yeah. Hey, buddy, That's go first guard, start, right? Yeah. Monday night first football. Start, Monday night football. Uh, you know, Graham's played a lot of center in the past, but obviously, you know, uh, that's not your starter. Um, then left guard, I was Seek. I mean, that's probably your third option there on the inside. I thought those guys did an incredible job. And no better way to go into a bye week uh, than coming off a win. Um, but I think, you know, the important thing for this team is sometimes when you're winning games, you kind of gloss over some of the mistakes, right? Like, I think we saw that kind of leading up to the Baltimore game. Uh, you don't really uh, attend to maybe every minor detail because the bottom line is you're winning games, right? Yeah. Hey, yeah, you know, well, we'll fix it. It's not, it's not a point of emphasis right now. But uh, then you saw some of that kind of leak over the Baltimore game, right? Guys running wide open and quarterbacks not missing their guys. And you saw the explosive plays that could happen. Kind of got back to their identity a little bit last night, in my opinion. Um, and defensively, getting after the passer, right? I know Jimmy G ain't no – nobody's confusing him with Lamar Jackson. Um, <laughs> he's, he's not the scrambling uh, type, but to be able to get him six six sacks on him and um, really kind of suffocate the Raiders' offense there in the second half and the fourth quarter especially was the style of defense that they want to play. Now, sure, you could say, oh, Jimmy G missed a couple wide-open guys, right? And, see, yeah, he did. Um, but I think a big part of that was because of the pass rush. He was feeling the pressure. Uh, you know, that's what happens when you disrupt a quarterback's rhythm and you make him think about the rush is he's going to make some errant throws. Um, so that's uh, certainly a part of the defense that improved on. Um, I just think during this bye week, though, you got to figure out a few things on offense. Obviously, you know, the turnover issue hadn't popped up in a couple weeks, but yeah. that's something that you're playing with fire. I mean, most teams, you turn the ball over three times. Uh, it's going to be hard to win that game. And look, the red zone offense, that's something that has to get better. Uh, you got to find a way to start scoring touchdowns. And I know this year, I think going into the game, maybe about 60% kind of put punching in touchdowns in the red zone. Not good enough. Uh, yesterday, certainly not good enough uh, with settling for too many field goals, missing a field goal. I thought it was pretty conservative um, from Ben Johnson there just, you know, being okay maybe that's a team you said hey we're, we're fine with taking three points let's just not make mistakes um, but that's an area they got to clean up I mean if you want to turn into uh, take even take this team to a, to the next level um, those are some areas that you're definitely going to have to improve on and I'm sure they're going to take a long long look at all those things and you know, over this next uh, over this next two week break so let's break it down just a little bit offensively um, you know in terms of total yards it was domination is 486 for the Lions 157 for Vegas, uh, 29 first downs for the Lions, only 12 for Vegas. Time of possession was nearly 40 minutes for the Lions, 24 for Vegas. Uh, and you, you, you kind of mentioned it in regards to the turnovers. That was the one stat as a team stat that if you continue to do that and you play against better teams, you turn the ball over three times or you lose the turnover battle, you're going to lose those games. Yeah. And you can get away with it against the Raiders because offensively they've been you know, completely inept. Um, but let's talk a little bit about some of the individual performances. Jared Goff, I know he had the pick six. That was a bad throw. I thought he was throwing it away when I watched it on TV. What was your reaction on the field when you when when that happened. Yeah, I thought he was throwing it away as well. Kind of a broken play, you know, looked like he was scrambling. Um, 
maybe the last minute, you know, as he was throwing away, thought he saw St. Brown and tried to, you know, salvage something. Um, but, you know, I think he would be the first to tell you that's a completely reckless play. <laughs> it's yeah. a careless play with the football. Those are plays that get you beat in this league. Um, and really uncharacteristic from Jared Goff. I mean, certainly we've seen him throw interceptions before. We've seen uh, him some make of bad them, throws, but not bad decisions. Right. Some of them maybe a miscommunication. I thought he was breaking in, broke out type thing. Uh, those happen. But, um, yeah, to just put the football in a, in a really dangerous spot there, um, I would be shocked to see him do that again. Uh, I think he probably felt – uh, some shame and embarrassment after that play. You feel, shame. <laughs> um, you feel shame, and sometimes that's good enough to never make the same mistake again. Um, I just thought it was it, that's just got to be a ball that ends up, you know, two rows up into the stands, right? You can't even put that ball anywhere close to anybody. You live to see another down. Uh, you figure it out the next play. I really thought that was the one play, obviously, uh, that stood out for Jared Goff that probably took away from saying, yeah, he played a good game to saying, yeah, okay, you know, like, yeah, okay, solid game, you know, yeah. good enough to win, I guess. Not great, not terrible, but uh, you take that one throw away, obviously, you know, you're probably feeling a lot better about uh, his performance last night. Yeah, the other thing I liked about Jared Goff, and, and I've seen this throughout the course of the year, is he's guiding receivers to either protect them or to protect the football. And I know a lot of people are jumping over Jamison Williams about his one drop. I thought Jamison Williams played a pretty good game. That one drop, yeah, he's got to understand that that one, it's not a perfect ball in regards to where he can do something with it. But if you watch that play again, we've talked about this earlier, that ball was in a position where only Jamison Williams could catch it. If yeah. he throws it on the inside, it's picked off by the safety coming down. If he throws it on the outside or lofts it, again, it could either be picked off or Jamison Williams loses his head. He's taking a big shot, yeah. yeah. And you're right, and that that connection is still a work in progress. Um, you know, I, I don't really have strong thoughts about it one way or the, or the other, if it's really going to work out or if it's really going to be yeah. a complete disaster. I think it just is what it is right now. It's a work in progress. And uh, it kind of felt like as that game went on, that was going to be an area that they were not going to try to force, right? Hey, we, we might have some play calls for them if we get to them, great. But we're not going to try to force something that just right now, frankly, is not working, right? Um, and hopefully that's something they figure out during the bye week as well. Where can we put Jamison in the best position to utilize him and who he is and his speed? And they tried a little bit last night. I mean, he had to throw over the middle where, you know, I think he got a shoestring tackle there. and He might have taken off for a big play. He tried to get the quick little jet sweep to him and um, – probably not well advised to leave Max Crosby unblocked on the front side of that play because he absolutely blew him up. <laughs> um, but I, I look forward to that, uh, that connection just continuing to kind of build chemistry because that's going to be something they need in this offense for the second stretch of the season. And, and look, I thought one of the biggest improvements that Jared Goff made, I think last night was uh, extending plays and keeping his eyes downfield. Yeah. I mean, it feels like so many times where he's broken contained and he kind of runs and he scrambles He's just pretty much running to the sideline and trying to dump the ball out of bounds. I mean, yeah. yesterday he was keeping his eyes downfield, extended a couple plays, picked up a couple big third downs, uh, finding guys over the middle of the field. I thought that was a huge uh, step forward in his uh, escapability and his uh, uh, ability to, um, you know, kind of go out there and, and kind of wing it a little bit when everything's not going well. So uh, Jared Goff certainly, in my opinion, was good enough to win. And I think there's still room for him to improve uh, as well. And 
uh, you know, I think he'd be kind of the first one to tell you that, right? Uh, that just so, so seemed yesterday wasn't the type of game where you needed him to be great. Everybody right. else was taking care of business. The run game was was just fine, right? The defense obviously played their ass off, and anytime you play like that, uh, it's always going to make the quarterback's job easier. Well, and I think the patience that this offensive staff is using with Jameis Williams, we saw it with Jameer Gibbs. Now, last night was a breakout game for Jameer Gibbs. It was five targets, five catches, 26 runs, uh, nearly 190 yards uh, from the line of scrimmage for Jameer Gibbs. That's exactly what they needed. Now, I mean, we could talk about and break down his performance, but I think looking forward, if if and when they're able to get uh, David Montgomery back, hopefully it's right after the bye week going out to L.A., the the combination of Montgomery and Gibbs in the backfield, how potent, how excited are you to see that with the newfound and confidence that Jameer Gibbs has? Yeah, and like you said, I mean, we've seen it already, but Jameer Gibbs has, is way better right now than he was week one, week two, week yeah. three, right? He uh, He looks to me like he's getting better with each touch that he gets. He's starting to learn. A uh, little bit of patience. Uh, he's starting to learn. Hey, I got to put my foot in the ground and get north. I can't just keep outrunning people to the sideline and you know leaving yards out there. Uh, I thought that was something that was noticeable. Honestly, last week in the limited action we saw him against Baltimore, yeah. uh, you could see some of those improvements. And then you know you just kind of felt like it was ready to take off last night, and it did. Um, some of the decisions that he's making, uh, when to cut back, when to press the front side, when to let the you know, offensive line, get up to the second level. Uh, making guys miss, I think, has been – was huge last night. You look at, you know, the Tampa game and Baltimore and people, what's wrong with the run game, man? We can't – and you look at it, John, you say sometimes it's a numbers game. We got seven blockers. They got eight guys, right? You got to make somebody miss. They weren't doing that enough the last couple of weeks. And last night it was evident that they were making guys miss. I mean, there was a couple of plays where it, whether Gibbs, whether it was Craig Reynolds, you know, unblocked guy, whether it be a linebacker or a safety coming down to the box, you're not bringing me down, man. Like I'm yeah. making a move and I'm going right. And that was something that was huge uh, last night because that's what David Montgomery has been really good at. David Montgomery you know, hasn't really been the guy that's just going to run 40 yards untouched. He has a couple times this year, but he's going to make a guy miss in the hole. You can play better offense with him because you don't need to block everybody. He's got that repertoire. He's got that reputation that, yeah, yeah, great. Leave the safety down there. I'll run his ass over. I'll make a miss in the hole. Jameer Gibbs was able to do that last night. I thought it was a huge step forward. And look, when he gets back, when Montgomery gets back, hopefully it's after the bye week. I think that's kind of where this thing is trending uh, with his injury. Um, it just gives you options. It gives Bed, give Bed Johnson options. Versatile, right? How do we want to use Gibbs? Now maybe you can start using him more in the role that you envisioned uh, when you took the kid. And when you said in training camp, we're going to use him in ways that you know nobody thought was possible, right? We're going to line him up in the slot. We'll line him up at receiver. Anytime you can get that kid on the field, he's, he's a threat to uh, be a home run hitter. We saw that last night. So uh, I can't wait to see what that combination looks like once Montgomery gets back healthy, now that Gibbs is really, we're starting to really, really see his potential. Have we forgotten that Sam Laporte is a rookie? I mean, <laughs> probably. Eight, eight catches, 57 yards, I 10 mean, targets, and a touchdown. It just feels routine, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, that's just what he does. You know, like it's, it's what a kind great of a steal. It's kind of incredible, man. And, and, you know, I remember going back to probably a post draft show that we did. And we were talking maybe about expectations for guys this year. And Laporta, yeah, yeah, if you get us, you know, 35 catches, a couple hundred yards, you know, get in the end zone. It's like, <laughs> yeah, he's surpassed all that uh, within seven games, eight games now. Um, 
yeah, he's just the, 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 the chemistry that he's been able to build uh, with the quarterback and obviously the trust that his teammates and his coaches have in him uh, to go out there and make plays is incredible. And all that guy does is show up, man. And even the run game. Look, there was a couple times yesterday where he had the unfortunate task of blocking Max Crosby. And the first couple reps, man, did a nice job, battled, found a way to keep his guy away from uh, the ball carrier. Certainly a couple reps you look back and say – yeah, that guy's going to get his too, man. You know, like he's an all pro for a reason. You know, it's going to, you know, I'm not going to beat his ass the entire game. But I thought, I love the way the kid battles. You know, I love the way that he bounces back. I love the versatility that he brings to that offense. Yeah. Um, and that throw from Jared Goff last night was awesome. I mean, that was a rocket just standing there right on the sideline, right in front of it was, yeah. It, I mean, it looked like maybe two more inches inside or if he hesitated for one half second that ball was picked going the other way threaded the needle to sam laporte obviously made a great great catch to get in the end zone he's been a uh i i would say a very pleasant surprise i did not see this type of production coming uh from him only because history kind of told us with rookie tight ends it usually takes him a while to kind of get going uh i think what he's done so far through eight games has been uh, honestly it's been incredibly impressive yeah and it's another example i think of jared goff throwing a wide receiver open where, you know, Sam Laporta, when, if you get a chance to go back and look at the end zone copy, um, he's there, there's, there's no window for him to throw it, but he throws it a little bit to the inside uh, and pulls him inside the linebacker. So it's not picked off and then pulls him inside the safeties. Uh, so he's got room to run and get in the end zone. I thought it was it was a, it was a nice route, but it's a nice location by golf because he threw it before he was even open. Um, and then defensively, uh, you know, being able to slow down Josh Jacobs in any year is good. This year, it's probably not as special because he's not having the season he had over the past couple right. of years. This offense for 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 Vegas is somewhat inept, but the ability to apply pressure. You mentioned it, six sacks. You had two from Anzalone, two from Aleem McNeil. That's the one that I think is is the big call. Uh, but Tracy Walker got in on the action. Julian Okora, we, we had mentioned this last week. One of the Okoras needed to make something happen. Yeah, uh, Julian did that. So I think being able to pressure uh, Jimmy G with the fact, you know, Devontae Adams was going to get open at times. And there were some times where he was wide open and Jimmy G just couldn't put it on him. Some yeah. of that was because he was nervous about getting hit. Yeah, and I think the very first one that Adams was open, I mean, what were they on their own two-yard line? Yeah. Um, didn't really see the route. Maybe been a double move there that he got behind Sutton, but uh, they brought a pressure from the edge, and Hutchinson got there just in time to kind of throw that uh, pass off. And <laughs> or it was obviously, obviously, you know, this is what we talk about when you say the rush and the coverage has to Marry up. match up, right? Yeah. Um, if we're playing tight man-to-man coverage, you know there's a potential – that you could get a double move and maybe somebody over the top, the rush, you got to get home, right? Or when you're bringing pressure hey, on the outside, we got to be able to lock down the inside the short routes, right? We know that ball is going to come out quick. Uh, defense was was incredible, really responsible for seven points. It was one drive that uh, the Raiders were able to muster up where they kind of ran the ball right down their throats a little bit. I think the Lions took that personal. I was watching the yeah. sideline after that drive and, they weren't, a lot of happy, they weren't a lot of happy dudes over there, man. I'll tell you that much. But uh, they got it corrected. They got it fixed. And really, after that, I mean, like I said, just kind of suffocated that entire Raiders offense. Um, love the way the, the team speed right now uh, looks to be at a different level. I mean, I talked to Aline McNeil 
after the game last night, I just said, Hey, what's your standard? What do you, what do you think your guy's identity is? And he said, you know, our standard is, you know, excellence and our identity is violence. And I'm like, man, I'm going to put that quote up on my wall. Like, that's, <laughs> I love that. Yeah. The identity is violence. I just uh-huh. love that from him. And uh, you could see that last night and, you know, a guy that continues to have probably an underrated season in my mind and is kind of the heart and soul of that defense right now. Alex Anzalone, I think is playing uh, really good football and, and he's finishing, you know, and that's always kind of been the knock uh, on Alex is yes, he's fast. Yeah. He's in the right spot, but yeah, you know, man, you just got to bring the ball carrier down. Right. Um, even yesterday, I think he said, you know, sometimes those freebies that you get on quarterbacks, those are the hardest ones, you know, and he was able to bring Jimmy G down, not once, but twice, obviously, uh, huge to get him involved in the pass rush a little bit. But I thought as a team defense, man, they they found their identity back a little bit. And not one play uh, from the Raiders of over 20 yards. And this is one week removed from probably having about 15 of them from the Baltimore Ravens where every play seemed like it was explosive. So that was obviously a point of emphasis, I think, throughout the week of preparation. And uh, it's great when preparation meets, um, you know, the – Drawn execution. Up, execution. Yeah. yeah, great when the, great when those two things meet, you're generally going to get really, really good results, and that's what that defense got last night. So we're heading into the bye week. Coming out, you've got, um, obviously, the, the Chargers out in L.A. Um, I mean, I look at the next seven games, and there's no reason to me uh, that I look at those and I say this team shouldn't go at a minimum six and one. And I know that's – that's saying a lot, but we've got to start accepting the fact that this is a good team. The past is the past. This is a really good team. And it's also paired with the fact that this division, other than the Detroit Lions, really sucks because you've got two games against the Bears. You've got the Packers again. Uh, you've got the Saints. You've got the Broncos. And then you're in Minnesota before you head to Dallas. Those are the seven games, um, you know, obviously with the Chargers that trip to L.A., do you see any reason why this team shouldn't be six and one in the last seven, which puts them then at what 12 and three going to Dallas? Yeah, no, any realistic reason? No, I don't, barring any crazy right. injuries or shit happen. So. Yeah, or you know, the Saints just you know getting extremely hot or something. I mean, that's always a tough place to play in New Orleans. Um, division games aren't necessarily a gimme. I think right. we've seen that throughout the NFL that you know each other so well, it's not, you're not going to roll into Chicago and just roll the helmets out there and walk away with a 40 point win. I mean, we saw it this weekend, right? Broncos yeah. chiefs who saw that coming, right? We saw, I mean, the commanders playing the Eagles tough two uh, times twice, already yeah. you know, taking over time. I mean, weird things happen in the division. Um, but no, if this team keeps playing the way that they're playing and they continue to get healthy, get some guys back. Uh, and maybe like we kind of mentioned, uh, you know, keep, build this roster through acquisition that the you know we're going to find out later today. I don't think there's any reason why this team shouldn't be favored in at least six out of those seven. And honestly, the Chargers, depending on what they do over the bye week, I don't know. You know, I, I, I'm not comfortable. I wouldn't be surprised if the Lions end up favored on that one either. Um, so I I just think look, and and you know, coaches love to break it the season down into quarters and. I know the math doesn't completely add up now because of the 17th game. It's kind of a quarter and a quarter. <laughs> but the fact is you went three and one in the first quarter. You went three and one in the second quarter, right? And that's going to be the biggest thing. These guys love taking it game by game. But when you kind of focus out a little bit, 
go three and one again in the next quarter. You're going to be in a perfect spot. Uh, everything going to be completely still right in front of you. Uh, then you can maybe start getting a little greedy and scoreboard watching and start doing those type of things where you're jockeying for position. Um, but yeah, I, I just, uh, I think this team is in a really, really good spot right now. That was a game they had to win last night. You felt just for their own confidence and psyche. Um, and John, you know, better than me, you, you, there's no better way to go into a bye week than coming off a win, man. You get two weeks of, of celebration, of excitement, of optimism. Uh, and the bye week I think is coming at a perfect time for this team, uh, to get healthy, to get some guys back. Um, but it's also right at the midway point. You can chop this thing in half, say, yep, we got eight games in our, in our, under our belt, right? Like the way we're playing, certainly got some things to correct, um, but once this season kicks off the second half again in L.A., it's a whole new ball game. We all know that it's not necessarily who starts the season the best that is the best team come uh, playoff time. It's a, it's a team that just continues to find a way to get better throughout the course of the season, and that's something I think this team is definitely capable of doing. So what is it going into the bye week other than getting healthy um, and you know, and fixing the turnovers that we've already talked about that, and that some of that is decision making by Jared Goff, some of it is concentration by running backs, wide receivers are just holding onto the ball. Coming out of the bye week, if you're if you're looking at this team that not only is going to make, uh, you know, win the division, which I think it's not wrapped up, but it's highly likely that the Lions win the division, which means they're going to host a playoff game. But if they're going to be a team that makes a push in the postseason. What is, I don't know, one or two things that they've got to find a way to correct or improve upon during the bye week? Offensively speaking, I think you got to still find a way to unleash the full potential of this passing attack because mm -hmm. you're not going to run for 220 yards on. on uh, not the same as it was I'd, last year. I'd be surprised if they get another 200-yard game this season. Yeah. I mean, it's just rare, right? It, yeah. it, that's not an expectation. Uh, that's rare. Um I want to see the passing attack start to get back a little bit. I think something happened last week in that Baltimore game where maybe a little confidence was lost. Maybe Baltimore kind of you know, not maybe showed the blueprint, but showed a, a, an effective way to kind of take away what the Lions like to do in the passing attack. I think if you're Ben Johnson, you've got to do a deep self-scout into tendencies, into formation, into motion. Hey, when we do this, we typically do this. Other teams are going to start picking up on it. Uh, you got to have answers um, for anything that the defense wants to throw at you. And I think that there's ways that they can improve kind of the in-game adjustments, um, offensively speaking. And defensively speaking, I would say, look, I I don't think I, I don't think that this team is capable of, you know, doing getting the six sacks every game and right. unleashing a pass. I mean, last night they were kind of sending pressure because Jimmy G just wasn't seeing it. You could tell he was clearly rattled. Yeah. I mean, they you had a take good some plan. chances. They had a good plan for him, but you're going to play teams where you're not going to be able to pressure that much, or you're just going to get carved up uh, in the secondary from some of these good quarterbacks that you're going to play coming out of the bye week, Justin Herbert uh, being one of them. So I think I, I'd like to see this pass rush continue to get better, whether that is, Anything that might happen at the trade deadline, whether that's somebody stepping up like we saw last year, right around this time where James Houston came in and kind of took uh, the team by storm. I think you still have to find a way uh, to kind of boost that rush a little bit, because I don't think last night was, um, you know, was kind of false advertising or anything yeah. like that. I thought they, they did what they were supposed to do, but uh, I still think you got to find a way to 
generate a little bit more juice on that pass rush. So at least it's consistent, right? We've been we've seen too many inconsistencies where six sacks, six sacks, oh, and then zero, one, zero, oh, six sacks, yeah. right up, zero, one. Right? You can't – don't have those highs and lows. I'd like to see a little bit more consistency there when it comes to um, being able to disrupt a pass or on defense. I, I think – I mean, you hit on that word that I was going to talk about, and that's consistency. Um, and and always being a threat to get after the quarterback, not just Aiden Hutchinson, because we know it's going to be tough for him with the double and triple teams, the chips that he's getting. I, I would like to see him be a little bit more effective just because he's getting those doesn't mean that he can't still get after the quarterback. But whether it's Aline McNeil being able to consistently put pressure on on quarterbacks from the interior of that defensive line, whether it's Julian Okwara, whoever it is coming off the other side, just be a threat to win a matchup and be it be it be a defense that doesn't have to rely upon blitzing linebackers or safeties right. or corners to apply pressure at some point you've got to be able to apply that just with the front four or add in a, a fifth or a sixth guy into a pass rush but that you know consistency in that and the other one for me offensively is they've got to be much more of a threat of getting in the end zone when they get to the red zone yeah that you know, you you put three field goals in the first three drives on a team against Oakland. You're you, okay. You take points when you can get them. You do that against a Philly. You do that against a San Francisco. You do that against you know really good teams. It's going to bite you in the ass. You're leaving too many points on the board. You've got to find whether it's offensive creativity or different weapons. Find ways to be able to, to, you know, either get first downs in the red zone or get into the end zone. Yeah, and I think, uh, you know, it, like you said, the good teams, obviously, that's how you lose uh, yeah. by kicking field goals. But even some of the bad teams, if you let them – got to a point – I mean, not a serious point, but you felt last night was like, man, like, stop letting them hang around. 16-14. That's how you give bad teams hope, right? Yeah. And when you talk about looking at their schedule with the Broncos and with the Bears and with the Vikings, like, that's how you – maybe give one away by not being able to punch in, uh, you know, six when you get down to the red zone as well. So it's not just against good teams that it could bite you. It could bite you against bad teams too. Uh, that's certainly going to be an area that, you know, Ben Johnson going to have to find a way just a little bit more creativity, right? I don't really want to see too many of these long developing runs down inside the 10-yard line, right? There's just too many bodies down there. A couple more quick hitters, uh, you know, a couple traps, a couple – just downhill toughness runs, right? That's kind of what I want to see them get back to a little bit. Um, but the good news is we get to nitpick. We're, there's no major issues, I don't yeah. think, around this team. We got a 6-2 and two football team uh, heading into, like we already mentioned, a much-needed bye week. Um, are you used to it, John? Are you getting used <laughs> no, to just a no. good football team? Um, I mean, that's a terrific question. Um, and And it's you and I – have both been on good football teams. We've been on bad football teams, but we've seen this organization struggle over the years. We've seen them get off to good starts and then just find a way to fall off. This is, I don't know. I mean, in my fandom of the Lions, the first time in 20 years where you think you've got solid players at every position. And the reason I say that you've got solid players at every position is because there have been guys, for example, this past week, you lose your three interior offensive linemen that you started the season with. You can lose one or two, and most teams can find a way to patch the holes. You lose three next to each other, 
And that becomes a major concern. They've been able to find ways to win with without their starters. We mentioned it against Tampa when they lost uh, Montgomery in the middle of the game. We, we've met a number of different times. That's why I'm looking at this going, the quality of this team has led me to believe that this is a good football team. This is something, the results of 6-2 and two, and, you know, three and one in the first quarter, three and one in the second quarter, you mentioned it's repeatable. Yeah. And I don't mean to sound like Deion Sanders by any means. Do you believe now? Do you believe now? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You I, in no way sound like Deion Sanders. <laughs> but I think a lot of fans, man, I think this is who this football team is, yeah. right? They're tough. They're mentally tough, physically tough. They take care of business. Right? Yep. And, uh, should be a fun this weather sucks outside i mean this is time of year that i know you're an outdoorsman so you don't mind but this is like this this for me is football season yeah. you know what i mean and we have the luxury of watching a damn good football team uh for the rest of the year but uh by week as a player john i don't know you know just to wrap up i was a guy that you know i like to get away for a couple of days yeah. usually just went back to when i was in green bay came back to michigan for a couple of days caught up with family and uh you know you're always in the game still you can never really completely unplug i don't think um obviously you know i think the coaches you have to trust the players right this is a big time of of the year and a big week where the coach says hey you're gonna get five six seven days off take care of yourself right nothing stupid i don't want to read anybody getting any phone calls at three in the morning i don't want to you know be reading anything on uh espn you know friday morning about so-and-so doing so-and-so, right? Uh, you got to trust the players to go home, take care of their bodies, and come back just with the same attitude uh, that they started this season with. I think they're in a good spot to do that because I think they've got – they've made it a point to bring in those type of guys, right? Yeah. Um, High-character guys, guys that do the right thing, guys that take care of themselves, guys that can be a professional. Um, that's certainly something that I think this bye week will be – uh, very, very good for this team to kind of hit the reset button a little bit, get back to work and uh, recharge, refocus, re-energize, regroup, yeah. and, uh, man, just get ready to finish this season strong because they, they they're on the verge of doing something special. They are. It's a long season. Uh, physically, there's only so many hours in a day. There's only so many days in a week. Physically, your bodies are going to heal. You're not going to get out of shape if you take three or four days off. Um, you know, these guys are in such top shape, but I think the big thing is for these guys to get away from football. Um, and like you said, you can never fully get away, but you've got to find a way, whether it's spending time with your family, it's spending time doing a hobby, it's spending time away from Allen Park just so that you can mentally recharge. It's a long season. you got nine games left, and that, and then then the excitement really begins. And you've got to have, you've got to have great focus. You've got to be mentally ready for being able to play late January, early far, early February football, and this is an opportunity for them to to step away. Yes. So we're going to step away for a minute. Um, if anything happens later today, we're recording this on Tuesday. The trade deadline is at 4 o'clock this afternoon. We'll give you reaction later in the week. Um, we're not going to really talk that much about it because by the time this comes out, a lot of things, a lot of things are going to change. A lot of things could happen. So we'll react um, to – if the Lions do anything, if they don't, we'll react to that as well. Uh, but we always thank you for listening and uh, make sure you download, like, subscribe, hit us with some feedback. What do you want to hear? Um, especially over the bye week, uh, we're always looking for some questions. So make sure you uh, send us those. Uh, we'll react to them. But uh, we thank you for listening to Necessary Roughness.